What's up, everybody? I'm Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and we have a special uh, broadcast for uh, our normal interview. It's not going to be our normal run, pass, or kick. We're going to do something similar that I've done with some other guests. Um, and in this case, I'll talk just a moment with this gentleman, our guest today. I'll introduce him. But I want to first throw a shout-out to a couple of our um, special sponsors and partners uh, with the Rugby Rant. One of those would be Rugby Coffee. Uh, they do a great job at not only brewing terrific coffee, they have two great brews. They have Jouet Jouet, uh, they, and they have Crowd Favorite, uh, both sold here in North America. They are available right now on order. They, they, when you order, you get them fast. You get them when you want it. And not only that, you can also help support youth rugby. So um, go out and get yourself some rugby coffee. Their values are like our values. They want to grow rugby one player at a time. We want to grow rugby one fan at a time. I also want to throw a shout-out to a special um, a partner of ours, uh, and that's a Chicago partner here in uh, Mundelein, Illinois, uh, and that would be Tighthead Brewing. Tighthead Brewing is, uh, does a great job, tremendous micro-brews. They, they span um, the, uh, the palate in terms of types of brews from ambers to you know, dark brews to light brews. Uh, you'll love it. And they also support rugby as well. They support the Lake County uh, Rugby Club. So they do a great job. Um, and now I'm going to introduce our very special guest that I'm sharing an afternoon with here at Quigley's Irish Pub in downtown Naperville, also supportive of rugby. Um, this is none other than Joey Backey. Joey Backey from, uh, drafted, I think it's number nine with the Utah Warriors. Right, uh, a WMU product. We'll talk about those pieces. So, first of all, Joey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem. My pleasure. It's my pleasure to have young guys who are developing in the league join the show uh, because they are the lifeblood not only of American rugby but the MLR. Um, so, as we get started today, um, I just want to run through the gamut with Joey. Just talk about you know how we got to start uh, and I have a little bit of interesting information on that or at least backstory, um, but also. Um, you know, his transition from being a young rugby player uh, all the way up to now being a draftee and, uh, a, and a guy that Utah Warriors are looking to um, include in their, uh, as a featured player in their lineup for years to come. Um, so we're going to get started with Joey and talk a little bit about his experiences. And I want to first start right here in uh, Naperville and talk a little bit about how you got your start. Talk about or tell fans who don't know how did you get started playing rugby? What got you into it? So, um, what really got me into it, so I started playing for the Naperville Crusaders, which is the uh, middle school program around the area. But where I found out about rugby was at this sports camp called Loris um, Sports Camp in Iowa. And we had to try three new sports that we'd never played before. And my buddy said, hey, let's try rugby. Um, my brothers play. I think you'll like it went out there and they handed me the ball and they said run it and I said you're gonna let me run it because I was an offensive lineman um I never got to touch the ball in football <laughs> so as soon as they said run it go I was hooked came home found that club and I've been playing ever since played throughout high school and I've been very fortunate to have a big rugby community in the area and you know all the talent in the world is over here with all state teams um, I traveled to South Africa with uh, the Illinois Tornadoes, um, and that's where I played with Andrew Guerra, who's from Mount Carmel, which is just yeah. up the road from me. So I met a lot of good faces, had a lot of great coaches. Couldn't be happier. 
Awesome. And I want to talk a bit about that. You mentioned the Naperville Crusaders, and that's where I met Joey uh, when he was just a, a wee lad. Um, and, and uh, you know, talk about uh, your experiences with, with not only that, but you played at Nequa Valley, and they're, they're a powerhouse here in Illinois uh, at the high school level. Um, who are some of, the, some of your um, greatest influences as a player when you were coming through the Naperville um, Crusaders and on into the Nequa Valley uh, Rugby Club? That's a, that's a list too long, too long to share, but obviously I played with um, all the Chevaliers, so all the Chevys, huge rugby family. Um, Will is tearing it up at IU right now. I played with Nick both in high school and at Western when he transferred. Um, Sam Norgard, Wes Jackson, uh, Zane Jackson, both of uh, Coach Jackson's sons. Um, it's just a huge rugby community, but my favorite is my little brother. He pushes me every single day. He's a freshman in high school right now, starting on varsity, which I couldn't even do. What position are you playing? <laughs> He's a nine. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah. a little, little, little different cry he's, from where he's you come the from. opposite of me. Skinny, <laughs> fast. I think it's because I was using him as a tackling dummy yeah. before he could walk, and he found out, well, I'm not going to be bigger than this guy. I might as well be faster than right. him. So he can just run circles around me. Yeah, so, so it was almost, uh, you know, he had a try by fire, if you will. He had to, <laughs> yeah. he had to get fast or yeah. he was going to get killed. One yeah. of the two. So. Awesome. Um, you know, how, you, you talked about the Chevaliers, you talked about Jackson, Graham Jackson, uh, the, um, all three Jackson boys' dad, was a teammate of mine here at the Chicago Blaze. Um, you had a great experience playing with that core group of players coming through the Nequa, War, uh, Nequa uh, Wildcats Rugby Club. Um, you guys won the state championship. Uh, like, pick out a, a memory or an experience from that year that really has stuck with you and something that you kind of go back to. Um, you know, uh, as you think upon your rugby up to this point. Yeah, I have uh, this picture that I hang in my room no matter where I go, and it's us holding up that state championship trophy because I think there was a number. We had lost nine state championships before I got there, and uh, my freshman year, we lost the fresh soft state championship. Sophomore year, we won it. Junior year, we lost by two points in the last two minutes. Um, varsity and then senior year we finally won it and I just remember at halftime we were up two points and I was just going off on all the guys saying like we got to stick together this is what matters this is what counts and by the end of the game I looked up and the final score was 63 to 24. Wow. Um, and that that image is burned into my head and all the friends when I go home that's all we talk about is that state championship how much that meant to all of us and uh, I think I was one of the few guys that actually went on to keep playing rugby in college. Really? Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys just focused on their studies. So it's nice to kind of make it to where I am today as the first Nequa Nequa kid drafted who's in yeah. the MLR, yeah. and uh, to show those kids who are coming through the program now that you can do it. That's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know Zane Jackson, uh, the youngest of the three uh, Jackson brothers, is uh, I think down there with the with the Huns, is that right? He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's on a uh, scholarship, played a lot of sevens with him, was in the national tournament. So, you know, obviously some great rugby, great pedigrees coming out, and it sounds like it's going to continue with your brother, so that's good to hear. Um, uh, so, so let's transition now. Um, you know, 
you mentioned that uh, you played at, at Western Michigan, and, and again, you know, I'm, I might just tear up during the broadcast because so much of, of, you know, your experience I have a connection to, not just, you know, as a, as a coach or, you know, uh, and, and he was a young player playing for the Crusaders, but now my younger son is going to Western Michigan, so... You know, there's really? that connection. Yeah, he's not a rugby player. That's okay. He plays lacrosse. We won't hold it. We won't hold it against we'll him. We'll change it after year one. <laughs> one. Chase him around the park too. We'll be, <laughs> we'll use a little pace. Um, at any rate, uh, talk about you know what appealed to you. Like Western Michigan is. I mean, n- no disrespect, because uh, I'll get into that a bit later. But you know, when you think of rugby powerhouses, you think of the Lifes, you think of the Cows, you think of the Linwoods, the Ark States, the St. Marys, right? Um, uh, uh, you know, at least in the Midwest, some of those schools. Um, why Western Michigan? What appealed uh, to you as you started thinking about that as the college path? So my parents were always big on school, big on being a well-rounded person. So I graduated high school with a 4.2 GPA, 32 ACT. Wow. And um, I knew I was going to do engineering. I knew I wanted to go into engineering, and I got into Purdue. Um, and I was getting offers from Davenport, Lindenwood, Lindenwood Bellevue. Um, I looked at Cal because they're a great engineering school. Um, it all came down to just money. Um, and, you know, I knew I couldn't afford Cal. Um, I knew Lindenwood, Davenport, they didn't have my major. So I was going to go to Purdue. And um, when I went to South Africa, I met some guys there that ended up going to Western. They reached out to the coach. And they said, hey, bring this kid in for, for a visit. I stepped on campus, fell in love. Luckily, got a full academic scholarship there. So that took care of the money issue. And they had a great rugby program. Um, and they had a great engineering program. So that made it a really easy choice. And I knew I was going to do that. I think that's important for a lot of young players that are in high school right now looking to go on to the next level is that, you know, uh, there are a lot of options out there, and many of those options you need to, yes, the rugby piece is something we all want to pursue. We all want to be a professional athlete, right? Um, and, and it may or may not happen, but what's important is the, is the academics, right? And you got to pick an institution. I always tell this as a teacher to, to my students. you got to pick a, a place that you're going to go to if, if the sports dry out for whatever reason. Are you going to be happy there, uh, you know, academically and socially? And it sounds like it was a perfect fit for you. Oh, it was, it was more than perfect. Like, I went in and they were um, a pretty good team, mm-hmm. but we always talked about leaving it in a better place than you found it. One of the coaches there, he, he always talked about being a warrior, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny that it came yeah. full circle. Ironic, isn't it? Yeah. That, you know, now I'm a Utah warrior. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love that, that idea, and maybe it's because it's something that I, a mantra that I practice and preach with my kids. Leave leave something better than when you came into it, right? And for me, it's been as a coach, I want kids that come into a program to lead better men than when I got them. Win, lose, or draw, I don't care about that. The number one goal is to leave better men, um, you know, when they exit. And it sounds like, you know, that idea of leaving a program better, that's definitely something that happened for you guys. Um, uh, Just this year, uh, we were fortunate enough to at least get uh, a national sevens um, tournament uh, put on by NCR down there in New Orleans. Um, and and I, I remember watching, because uh, I follow LU obviously, but I was watching Western Michigan. And um, oh boy, you guys have come a long way since you stepped foot on campus. Um, talk about that experience of 
a, a big guy, a cornerstone for a team that left a mark on that tournament? Because you guys had a hell of a tournament. Yeah, well, it, it had been brewing for some time. Yeah. Uh, I came in as a freshman, and the seniors had already preached excellence. No better than uh, you're no better than the rest of the team. Um, they don't care wh- where you play in high school. Um, you show up and you put in the work. And I think the first year we made it to the tournament for nationals, and then we lost pretty early. And then the second year we made it to the sevens D1 AA national mm-hmm. championship game. We lost that one. Then my junior year fall, we made it to the 15s national championship. Lost that one. So by the time it was senior year, we had already expected, hey, we're not going to win the MAC or just win games. We're going to win a national championship. And you know, we fell short of that goal. So hopefully, I left it to where those boys are going to take care of business. Yeah. Well, again, two things. I'm hearing a reoccurring theme, right? You come into a program, and um, you know, just. You just get to that that pinnacle, right? You just get to that pinnacle, and then uh, finally you bust through. I would say, okay, so maybe you guys didn't win the national tournament, but uh, I mean, going from division division two, right, onto that um, onto that big stage, and playing with the the lights and the Lindenwoods and the and the Davenports, and, I mean, that's that's a huge jump. You guys really made a lot of people kind of look at Western Michigan in a different way. Um, what were what were some of the keys as a leader, obviously, in the team? What were some of the things that, you know, uh, aside from being a warrior, uh, that you really tried to, you know, that motivated guys to come to training two or three days a week, right? Because it's kind of hard, in a, in a, you know, when, when guys aren't getting money from the university to come to the school mm-hmm. for rugby. It's kind of hard sometimes. What did that, you do? That's exactly what motivated us, is yeah. we knew we were going up against scholarship programs yeah. um, that had – strength coaches that had nutritionists that had all the money as far as rugby money goes thrown at them um and that's what drove us you know we used to say rents due because we we pay to play Um, it wasn't it wasn't even free we had a great coach coach mark allen and he he funded a lot of the team but you know we still had dues we had to pay um still to buy our own cleats and we would show up and we'd want to knock off those teams that they got scholarships to play, and that's those coaches, and we were doing it for each other, and those coaches gave up so much time and money to us that we didn't want to lose for them. It was, it was bigger than ourselves. Yeah, and it, I mean, those are some really uh, blue-collar values that you guys had, right? Like, you're, you're not, it's not about you, it's about somebody else, um, that you recognize a coach is sacrificing a lot of himself uh, to, to, to put you guys in a good, good position, to give you guys the best opportunity to win, and the fact that you guys felt like you kind of carried around a chip on the mm-hmm. right? Hey, hey, we're going to knock those guys off, and, you know, they're, not, they're looking past us. We're going to make them remember who they play, right? And so um, those are those some, some awesome values. I think I have a feeling Utah knew a little bit about what they were getting when they uh, – when they drafted you in uh, this in the 2021 draft, hopefully. I mean, Brandon Sparks actually started Western's rugby program back in 1991. He's a Michigan guy, isn't he's, he? He's from Western Michigan. Yeah. He went there and he started our rugby program. So yeah. that's another thing that just you know came around full circle. That's awesome. That's uh, and it's so interesting. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation now. This is the second one I've had in person with with a draftee this year. Karn Constantino was obviously on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, and like uh, you know, when he was talking to Fitz, Fitz, you know, he's 
Fitz is like, I'm a Wisconsin guy. And he's like, oh, really? So they had that connection. And now, you know, the Western Michigan connection for you and Sparks is, is pretty cool. Um, let's let's kind of talk a little bit about Utah. Uh, obviously drafted ninth. Um, I mean, what a tremendous honor to field of. Uh, we have 36 draftees, three rounds. Um, I mean, there are some serious names packed into that lot. Uh, some guys who are really, I mean, La Pete, I think, is already on the national team. Is he not? He was drafted. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's on. Yeah, I knew he was drafted. Yeah, he was drafted, and, and he played last weekend. Um, uh, he scored a try, I think, in the first game against Canada. He's going to Seattle. So, I mean, you're not talking about slouches here, my friend. I mean, you're in, you're in some serious... Uh, you're with some serious heavyweights. You yourself are a heavyweight yourself. I can see that already. I haven't seen this guy. He's just friggin' packing on the muscle. Um, but nevertheless, let's talk about Utah a little bit. Um, you, you, went, you decided to go to the Rugby Showcase. So I want to hit that first. Um, talk about the Rugby Showcase. How important do you think that was to your experience in the, in the draft process? I thought it was a great um, idea when it was put on. It was all the way out on the East Coast. That was one of the hardest things just for, you know, a lot of players who don't have money. Um, not everyone has a car to get there. So, you know, I drove there, slept in my car um, one night, and it was just, it was really well put together. They had some top-notch equipment, top-notch uh, coaching out there, and it was just a lot of really good rugby players in one place. Um, it, was a hard, it was a hard day, we did a lot. But I thought, I had coaches coming up to me that said, hey, we really liked seeing you throw because I'm switching to hooker now. Yep. Um, so I threw as much as I could at that showcase where I don't have really a whole lot of film on me throwing in games. Could you, you were, oh yeah, you were, I was gonna ask you. You played yeah. number eight, so for those people who don't know, that's where he played, he's an absolute, absolute animal back there. If you've ever seen some tape, go back and look at it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Now we know why his little brother was running away all the time. Um, so, so, um, and, and let's, I want to elaborate a little bit on the showcase. Um, we've talked on the show, um, we've, we've talked uh, about the showcase, we've talked to the organizers of the showcase a little bit. Um, you know, we're hoping that the, the showcase gets expanded next year. Uh, is there anything that you think would be nice as a player to see them add on or do differently to enhance it for guys like, you know, guys like yourself that are coming into the draft and looking to be drafted next year? Um, I think one of the things that I would add would be maybe don't focus on the physical as much as just playing rugby. Um, focus more on the live action drills and the, the decision making because, you know, someone who can run the fastest 40 may not, you know, does that transfer to rugby if you're, if you're a prop? Do you, when are you going to run 40 meters in a game? Maybe well, it depends. If you're Lerone White, you'll, you'll <laughs> intercept tries frequently in successive weeks and run them back. So I played against him. He's, he's fast. He's, oh, yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think they did really good for the first year of it. Yeah. But, you know, max bench in 225, that's more of a, an NFL combine thing more than a rugby combine thing. And I think that was part of the, the pull to it, was they wanted it to kind of be like an NFL combine because the draft – which I think I heard someone say this is the only rugby draft yep. that happens. Um, that's kind of like, you know, an American sports thing. So I think that was a good idea. 
Nice yeah, it's, it's kind of funny you talk about that. We've had that conversation all the time on the show that, you know, some of the some of the expats that come over here and watch rugby are going, why are you doing the draft? Why are you doing the draft? You know, it's all American. You always got Americanized things. Well, I think that's kind of the point. Right? Yeah. Is that, you know, we've got to put our own brand of rugby on in America that works for us and things like the draft, things that college kids are used to, uh, kids that, you know, young kids and high school kids see the draft and it's such a marketable event. They see that as an opportunity, so it's, I think it's a really good idea. And, and now we're seeing the showcase as an extension of what the NFL does with the combines. Um, so, would you recommend the, uh, the showcase to anybody sleeping in your car, driving 18 hours, doing all those things to anybody that? Of any course, 100 percent of the time, I recommend take any rugby opportunity you can you can get. If you have an opportunity, to go to. I went to Florida this spring yeah. to play in a sevens tournament with a bunch of guys who weren't on my team just because they called me up the week of and said, hey, do you want to come play in this tournament? And I said, yes. I just jump on every single camp, every single opportunity you can take with rugby, and that's what's going to get you noticed. That's what's going to that's what's going to get your name out there. It's, it's all about who you know. It's all about networking. Yeah. And, you know, that's just how it is in, in life in general. Right. I mean, it's kind of, it, it's an interesting point. Like, the other side of that American piece is that you know, rugby community is a small community in the United States, right? Even though the United States is geographically huge, you know, uh, you talk to somebody in rugby, if they played long enough, they probably know somebody else that you know somewhere, or you played, you know, somebody you played with along the line, and you're making those connections with it, so. Anytime you're at the airport, you see someone in a rugby jersey or jacket, you go up and you talk to them. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, awesome, so um, rugby showcase happened. Um, you know, what kind of conversations did you have with Utah prior to the draft? And, um, and did you know or have a feeling that they were going to draft you prior, prior to draft day? That was, I'm, I'm obviously my biggest critic. So, you know, I went from being like, oh, I think I'll get drafted to I'm not going to get drafted at all um, up until the second I got drafted. Yeah. Um, I'd flown out. I had workouts with Utah. I talked to Brandon for a while. Um, he was kind of playing mind games with me, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah we, you know, we like you a lot. Um, and I was talking to a lot of other teams as well. So um, I was just sitting there shaking, watching that draft live, and uh, see my name called. And he called me on the phone, and I was giving him some uh, smack and just like, hey, you were messing with me. Why'd you have to do that? Um, but I definitely think Utah fits me the best. I'm not a big city person. Okay. And, you know, the mountains out there, um, the coaching and just the area and the people, I think that it's the best fit for me. Um, so, yeah, I want to delve into that just a little bit. Um, is, for those folks that haven't seen it, there's actually a video, I think, of Sparksy, because uh, Utah Warriors put it up, actually calling you up. Have you seen it? Are you familiar with the video? I know the video. I have not watched it because I do not want to relive that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I am sure I sound really, really dumb. <laughs> Pittman's going to pull that bad boy out every once in a while when he's going to motivate you. He's going to throw it at you. Hey, shut this out. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure all the boys are. I had some uh, teammates right now texting me about the interview I gave last night. Oh, yeah. giving me some, some snacks. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Well, you know, your boy's got to keep you humble, right? Oh, yeah. Can't let you get too far in the clouds. Otherwise, you know, if you're on it. So, um, awesome. Um, yeah, I want to delve into Utah a little bit more. Uh, we've, we've hit upon it just a little bit. Um, but you mentioned that you're making the transition. You were eight. 
in, in college, played probably back row, a lot of back row from eight to flank in high school, right? I've, all, I've been in eight my whole life. Okay. Um, but now they want you to play hooker. Um, how'd that conversation go? What kind of elements have come into that conversation um, that you've had with, with Utah in terms of making that transition from eight to five? So I knew I was going to have to switch to hook back in eighth grade. Um, really? That yeah, early? I had like a U, U 18s, U something. Um, Nationals coaches that were like, hey, we really like you as a player, but you know, you're a little short for an eight. You're a little short. So I knew I was going to have to make that switch eventually. And then, you know, I went to high school and I knew the game better than most people did at that at that age. So then they put me at eight. Yeah. Then I went to college and they tried to make me not an eight. They moved me to flank my first game. And then they realized, okay, well, this kid's an eight. Moved me back to eight. So I think the conversation went as simple as you could go. Utah called me up and they said, hey, we really like you, um, but you're definitely not an eight at the MLR level. Uh, if you want to be an international player, you have to be a hooker. And I said, okay, what do I have to do? And he said, put on 40 pounds. Oh, no problem. <laughs> when did that conversation, by the way, when did they throw that idea that like, hey, you got to put on 40 pounds? That happened, I think, Year and a half, two years ago. Oh, really? That yeah, it was pretty been. recently, um, and that was just you know no questions asked. I will do what these coaches say because they know what it takes to get to the next level. And it was not fun putting on that weight, but you know the feeling of getting drafted was worth it every second. And actually getting that shot. I'm motivated, huh? Yeah. So uh, just uh, we've talked before we we started to roll with the cameras a little bit. Um, like, for those young guys who are out there, they're thinking, okay, I have to put on a little weight. Um, what was that like? Eating eating five meals a day, even more sometimes. You never go more than three to four hours without eating. Okay. You eat as much as you can until you're sick, and then you eat more. Um, try to keep it as healthy as you can, or else you're going to put on bad weight instead of good weight, and just live in the gym pretty much. And I was working out. In the mornings, and I was going to class, and then I was going to practice. Um, that's that's what I love to do. I love that part of training, where you put in the work behind the scenes, where everyone else may be out partying, you know, doing other things, taking time off. I thrive in that environment where you're just working and grinding. And that's what it takes to be a professional, right? I mean, uh, now in your training environment, Western Michigan, did you guys train two, three days a week? What was the what was the start of that? So we would have um, actual practice twice a week. Okay. Which is not a lot for most college teams, and then we would do um, team captain run uh, running sessions and workout sessions, and then we had a group chat. So where if, if I was working out or someone was working out, it's hey, I'm going to the gym. Come with. Yeah. Somebody else come. With. We were holding each other. That's, and that's important at a, at a you know school that's not at you know that's that's working to get up to that you know grow in the ranks and get up closer to the to those D one A schools like life where you have a national you know, three time national champions and fifteens um, you have to you have to have that element right where you push each other because you know, the coach isn't always always uh, you know there to do it right um, so I, I think there's a lesson to be learned there uh, that that you have to put in the work and you know. Um, 
I'll be interested to check back in with you to see how that transition from you know the college experience to professional experience is because it sounds like you're ready to take that step. You love to train, you love to be a part of the work, you love to put in, um, to be disciplined and to put in that extra effort and to do the extras necessary to get yourself better. Um, so so we'll, we'll check back in with you uh, about that piece. I want to move forward. Um, you, you know, you're working a little bit um, right now, uh, you're in engineering, uh, so you're working full time. Um, you're obviously getting some training in when you can. Um, or you play, have you played any rugby this summer? What what have you done this summer? Or what are you maybe transition that from? What do you do? Have you done anything this summer? But what are you doing in the fall? What are the kind of plans with uh, Utah? So I didn't play with any uh, with any set teams this summer. Okay. But a few times a week, I'd get some of the, the old rugby boys out around here. Some some other coaches, and you know, I had a rugby ball in my hand doing drills. You know, two, three times a week at okay. least. Um, working out every single day. So I'm just excited to get down to Utah to where we are actually going to have full team practices right. and to get that rugby ball back in my hand. Gotcha. And when do you, I mean, I don't know if you can reveal it. So if you can't, I get it. Uh, when do you when do you suspect you're going to get uh, down to Utah for the first time? End of the month. End of the month, hopefully. End of September. Yep. Okay, so, so we're right at like a, September 16th right now as we record. So it gives everybody an idea at home in about two weeks. Yep. Uh, you're going to start getting down there and getting stuck in, in the mix and getting rugby, rugby legs back in there. Have they, have they told you a Bronco time? They have not told me a Bronco time. <laughs> they made me run a Bronco. Okay. They, they've already sent me, you know, the workout schedules, um, mm -hmm. what I'm doing each week, every single day. They've, I've already met with the team nutritionist. Um, I'm just trying to take advantage of all the people who are there. Um, I'm sure I've talked Coach Pittman's ear off. I was texting him the other day. He's like, hey, I'm with USA. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, kind of busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, everyone's been really excited and really eager to help me. Um, but I'm sure they'll get sick of me pretty quick. That's okay. So I got to ask, you know, is um, like yeah, – People who watch the show know I'm a Noah fan. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm wearing a Utah Warriors shirt because, uh, in honor of Joey. Um, but uh, Utah is my favorite team in the world, right? So, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so, who are you looking forward to pairing up with down there? I mean, who's a guy that kind of okay? I, I know, I know Utah's looking at me, and I might be down in Utah, but I can't wait to play with Sama. Yeah. Lolo, I mean, I guess I won't be on the field with him because, you know, we're both hookers, but just, I watched him actually when I was told, when they told me I was going to be a hooker, Yeah. Um, I was going to need to make that switch. I would watch his film to try and learn, okay, how does he do it? Where is he at on the field? Where is he at on the breakdown? How does he throw the ball in? Um, just to see his work rate. And, you know, he was first team MLR for a reason. That guy yeah. puts in work. So you got, you got pretty, uh, pretty good shoes to follow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that guy was an absolute animal at the back of the mall, right? I mean, yeah. Fog come in, and he was just, he was like, uh, he, he was gold, right? I mean, just scoring tries like, you know, chocolates coming out of the candy machine. I think he had five in like yeah. three games yeah. at one point. Yeah. Man, I mean, I, and I met him down there, and he's just the most humble person you'll ever meet. Um, really nice, kind of took me under his wing. I had the pre-draft workout, and he was... He was, you know, giving me pointers and, you know, asking me how I did stuff um, instead of just forcing, oh, this is what you should do instead. He's asking me why I did things a certain way. 
Interesting. So even get you getting you to think a little bit, mm-hmm. develop your IQ, not just about rugby, but about training and 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 how you do things and what you're doing and why you're doing it. That's really that's really interesting. Never thought about that. You know, you, you talk about um, you know that that environment. Um, there's a strong um, Pacific Island uh, vibe down there, right? Did did you notice that? I mean. Part of part of the the four stripes is you know the, the pillars of the team and it's and it's built around some of those um, Pacific Islander values right and family community etc. So um, did you get that sense when you were down there? Is that something that you kind of felt? When you I were really there? I really got their values when I was down there, mm-hmm. um, and I really noticed that you know everyone was just extremely nice, really talkative, uh, and and all those guys were ready to put in work as well. Like, Rugby is what they do yeah. in Utah. I mean, they have a really strong high school game. They have a really good college game at BYU and Utah. And it's UVU. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have a lot of good colleges and a lot of great high school programs. Absolutely. Well, I think they have a, uh, I forgot the name of the school, but there's a coach down there who, who had like 26 national championships down there. High school is pretty impressive. Is it Highland rugby? I think it was Highland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They celebrated, um, I think in the semifinal, they had a big halftime celebration for Utah rugby. It was pretty cool. You get a chance to go back to the, the rugby network and watch the semifinal. They did a really nice job to celebrate, and I think it's something really special. So it's good to see. Um, so let me let me move forward. Uh, I'm going to ask you a tough question. It's kind of one of those interview, job interview questions a little bit, so maybe it'll kind of help you out for you know sometime in the future. Um, what, are your, what are the strengths of your game? And I don't want to follow it up with, uh, what do you what do you want to work on? Oh, um, so I'd say the strengths of my game. Number one is just you know my brain. Um, I really like. I feel like I can kind of see where that ball's going and where the play's going quicker than most guys can. And um, honestly, that's what I want to work on too. Is what like it's what's your what's your superpower? What are you best at? Mm-hmm. And that's what makes you a unique rugby player. That's what makes you you as a rugby player. Um, so I think you know if I can develop my game intelligence even even more, then that's what's gonna you know maybe set me apart um, from different players. Because yeah, I mean I'm big, you know I'm strong, but there are other guys that are bigger and faster and stronger um, in the league. So, you know, that's not always going to get you to where you want to be. Two things interest me about that. Number one, Carm Consolino, I had him on a couple of weeks ago. I talked about him going to Noah. Um, he, he emphasized his right. He felt strength in this game. Obviously, for, for you kids that are out there watching and starting to balls. Uh, uh, the secret here is to do things that will help your rugby IQ, but obviously playing is important. You played a long time. I think you started when you were in fifth grade. Is that, is that right? I think it's third grade. Third grade? Third okay. Grade. Um, you know, obviously that's important. Are there other things you did to enhance your IQ? Watch rugby. You know, <laughs> watch rugby as much as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, everyone wanted to be an NFL player. I wanted to be an all-black. You know, that's kind of not the dream anymore. You realize that was a that's rough not, one when you yeah. got born in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, and then you realize, oh, okay, well, I could be an eagle. Yeah. Um, so, just watch for every all my stand up. I 
South Africa, I watched I watched Australia, I watched the Eagles, I watched Sevens, uh, rugby league. I'd watch any kind of rugby I could get my hands on, um, just to try and learn the game. Uh, again, Carm said the same thing. <laughs> so uh, I think there's a you know there's a, a, a factor here that that young players should kind of clue in on. Um, if you're looking to enhance your rugby IQ. And it's interesting, your response, the other piece that I've noticed, it's very similar to the perfect job interview response. You don't exactly say you have a weakness, but you're going to enhance something that's already a superpower, right? So maybe when they make a, a like one of those superhero, uh, MLR superheroes, um, you'll have like a bigger head than normal. I don't know. I don't think you can make it bigger. <laughs> well, it's a good thing nobody has to wear a helmet, right? Um, okay, yeah. Uh, moving forward, um, you know, we've we've talked about, you know, guys that you've watched, especially in Utah, strengths, weaknesses. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you've been down to Utah. What most excites you about the location, about Utah itself as a, as a destination? I think it's just because out west, first off, is beautiful. Like I said, I'm not a city guy. So the mountains are going to fit me, all the outdoors activities. Um... I just think kind of like the culture out there. Um, They were telling me stats that they had most fans out of any team um, that would attend their games. So coming from a college program where we have 100, 200 people to going and playing in front of 4,000, that's going to be the most exciting part. And they're doing things right down there, by the way, and attracting fans, selling out. They're getting, I think they're building a new training facility, if I'm not mistaken, down there. Uh, I have no idea. I think they have I've heard I've also heard yeah. yeah, plans for that. So there's a lot of good things happening down in Utah. Um, let's see. Uh, oh. I'm going to have to edit this part out. But, uh, okay. So um, let me, I guess one last question is we start to, you know, close this out and, and um, you know, uh, let you go on your way today. And, and, and again, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I want to thank our uh, our partners, um, you know, Tight Head Brewing Company, Can I Brands, and I want to thank Rugby Coffee for all the, the support that they've given us. But uh, I just want to give you an opportunity here as we exit um, to give a shout out to our People that you that you want to you know throw a shout out to is there or is there something you know um, uh, a charity perhaps or something that is important near to your heart that you'd like to throw a shout out to and, and draw the recognition to? Well, I have to shout out you know Naperville Crusaders where I started rugby, Nico Valley, uh, Wildcats, high school rugby, Western Michigan University. Make go sure Broncos! Watch, go Broncos! Make sure to watch those guys. Um, and the company I'm working at right now, Altman Manufacturing, where they've they've let me take significant time off um, to pursue this rugby dream, and you know they'll let me come in late if I need to work out or get a workout in, or have training at night to let me leave early. So they've been extremely understanding of that. That's awesome. That's good to hear. We need more companies like that. I mean, that's kind of how. You know, when I was when I was a player, and yes, it's the Wayback Machine. It's not just Throwback Thursday; it's Throwback Decade Day. Um, you know, you heard about New Zealand. That's how all blacks were. I mean, they were they they were amateur, and they had a, a company. Sean uh, uh, Fitzpatrick worked at Coca Cola, and they would let him go on tour. So it's good to see companies are recognizing the value of having somebody like yourself 
uh, in their ranks. Uh, Joey, thank you so much for joining uh, me today um, and, and helping me fly solo uh, without my two partners, uh, Scott Farrar and Ty Baraga. Um, and, and I appreciate it. I want to wish you all the best as you head down to Utah and get stuck in the training environment. Um, and, and I wish you all the success as you head into 2022. Um, I, I hope we see you on the pitch uh, uh, very shortly um, here in 2022. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I still got to earn that spot, though. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like all along the way you've understood what it takes to, to put your nose to the grindstone and get after it and uh, achieve your goals because you've done it every step of the way. Uh, so I wish you all the best. And uh, I want to remind all our viewers out there, um, Monday we have our Run, Pass, or Kick interviews. Um, and uh, this is a terrible light that you guys are catching off the window. Um, I look like Toothpicks from uh, Batman. Um, so uh, Run, Pass, or Kick episodes, we go uh, with our regular rugby rant broadcasts on Thursdays. Uh, so catch us. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple. Uh, and, and, of course, you can see us on Facebook. Um, so uh, find the Rugby Rant. We're out there. We're here to highlight uh, the players in the league, guys like Joey, um, and to celebrate rugby and to grow rugby one fan at a time. Thank you so much for your time, fans. And uh, pay attention to this guy because I think he's uh, going to be making some noise uh, in the MLR very soon. So take care, and we'll see you guys at the next.